0: good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you are whatever time it is you are about to join the extravaganza known as the steelers hangover brought to you by behind the friends my name is brian anthony davis along with me is my good friend tony defio both of us are from behind the and we are so glad to be with you today because the hangover's not as bad. This isn't one of those face-down 24 hours after the fact where you just uh, you regret everything you've done in your life, especially the last 24 hours. This is one when you wake up and you go, whoa, I think I survived. I think I had a good time. But, hey, I'm winning, so that's a good thing. After the Steelers' 26-24 to victory over the Indianapolis Colts, at Heinz Field yesterday, I am still elated. Tony Defeo, what is up?
1: Hey Brian, happy Monday. At, uh what is up? It's definitely my favorite one they've had this year and definitely the most satisfying and definitely the most
0: important I think. Who would yeah, you are not kidding because, uh, you know, we looked back after that Baltimore Raven game and oh, we'll talk about them in a, in a few minutes. But um, after that Ravens game, they were one in four. Um, it just looked like complete disaster. Now, it's still kind of disaster in the AFC North, and that's something we're going to talk about. But. There's a different path that has opened up now for the Steelers that did not seem possible before, and we'll talk about that as well. But first, before we do anything, Tony, can you tell me what was that score again yesterday? 6.24, good guys. Okay, um, what is significant about that score, Tony? Um, for me, this is uh, something that I don't get to do very often because nine times out of ten, I'm wrong on everything. But I corrected, excuse me, I predicted that the final score would be 26-24 Steelers on multiple channels of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I did it on the podcast the other night with Dave and with... Uh, with Jeff and I did it also on the, uh, on the Steeler burning question on Saturday, as well as bold and bizarre predictions. I am never right on this. And I got a message from Dave Schofield with six minutes left. He goes, Oh no, the score is 26, 24. If this holds up, Oh no, (laughs) because he knows that I would, I'll be just Mm -hmm. uh, singing it to the moon. And uh, I I really am. Um, Look, I, it was, it was just a wild guess. I was screwing around, actually. I thought 26-24 is not your ordinary score. Everybody does the typical 27-21, 28-21. Like they... But weird things happen in football, and we know with the Steelers, and especially with this Colts defense, that you're going to deal with a lot of Chris Boswell field goals. And thank goodness for Boz. Wow, he looked great yesterday, didn't he, Tony?
1: He looked fancy. He looked like twenty seventeen, Buzz, and uh, they surely needed him because their red zone offense was lacking. But hey, whatever, and uh,
0: the heroes. Well, we are having a little bit of a weird connection with you, Tony. So we'll uh, um, we'll try to get that corrected, but we'll keep going. Um, So as far as everything goes, you know, you look at that Steeler game yesterday, and you can think. Many things coming out of that, and I just lost Tony, but uh, I'm sure he will be back. Uh, It sounds like he was having um, some internet problems, so I'll keep this going. So when you go ahead and look at this game yesterday, they came out throwing. They came out looking pretty good. Then all of a sudden, Mason Rudolph throws an interception. Now, look, we could go ahead and make excuses for Mason Rudolph like I will, um, and I won't, I'll, I'll do a little bit of both on that yesterday. That was a Juju Smith Schuster drop. I really don't think that ball should have been intercepted. Now I think James Washington bailed, um, bailed uh, Mason Rudolph out of an interception when he caught a beautiful ball that was thrown behind him almost one-handed and he brought it back in. It was, uh, yeah, I have to do the motions for you too. So this is an interactive show. Um, so, you know, with that being said, you know, he helped him out there. Um, the running game was not getting going, but where Jay Sam was so beneficial for that team was as a receiver with 13 catches. Um, so really you know, you know what, as far as everything goes, they're, uh, they're trying to get the ball moving on offense. It's just still once something is fixed, then it kind of reverts back. We're trying to get everything perfect. Um, but you know, as Wes Hickok says on here, that was a perfect pass. And I thought it was a really good ball, um, that, that, uh, Mason Rudolph threw. was he sterling the entire game? No. In fact, uh, you know, they had so many opportunities in the red zone where they where they could only pick up those uh 12 points on field goals. So that's kind of you know, that's kind of something that that you're really trying to go ahead and pick yourself up from. But here's the deal when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers this season. Defense is bailing that team out. Now the defense was not an A plus defense yesterday, they were dealing with uh they were dealing with a team that had arguably one of the best rushers in the league. That's fine to say, but they were dealing with not a team with a, you know, a caliber of a top caliber wide receiver um, with T.Y. Hilton being out. Um, Jacoby Brissett was out, um, you know, he basically only played a quarter, uh, maybe a little more than a quarter. Um, but as far as that, Brian Hoyer came in and became the first ever quarterback since 1970 to come in in relief and throw three touchdown passes, which I think is absolutely, uh, that's crazy. I You would have thought that would have happened. But what's happening, though? Despite all of this, despite the defense not being great, even though the defense did bail them out, thank you, Mika Fitzpatrick. That was fantastic. Four interceptions so far for um, four Horsemen. I mean, if Tony was on here, he'd... Okay, well, that's only three. There's my four. Um, Tony would uh, love that because we compare ourselves to uh, Ric Flair and Art Anderson all the time as the BTSC heels. But um, you know what? Despite all that, this team is finding ways to win. You could call it lucky. You could call it what you want, but what it is, it's a team figuring out who they are. And it's a team that is bonded with each other. This is really a band of brothers team. We talked about this the entire, the entire preseason, um, even before uh, Ben Roethlisberger went out in week two, that this is a team that has been bonded by all of the problems that they had in the off season. Right now, things are happening with this team. I'm glad the defense is bailing them out. I'm glad uh, Cam Hayward, um, Jess George just puts this on the uh, live chat. Cam pushing their best lineman into their QB is is a pretty big deal, too. Um, they, really, they really played well against a top-caliber offensive line, one of the best offensive lines out there. So they, they really did well with that. And Minka Fitzpatrick, I mean, he was not perfect. Throughout this game as well, but he was perfect when he needed to needed them to be because that is a huge 14 point swing when he takes takes that ball 96 yards, the third longest inter- interception return in Steeler history, and that was a huge deal. And when that happened, you kind of thought you were gonna be okay. So, welcoming us back is the Arn Anderson slash. Tali Blanchard Snowman, I got you. Of BTSC, Tony DeFio. How's my connection now? You're you're lagging a little it's bit, but you're there. Um so okay. uh, you there is a little bit of a lag, but uh you know we are I'm like Paul me, Roman no Paul No internet problems. <laughs> Paul Roma. That's yeah. a four yeah. horseman. That, I mean, gosh. There's, I'm the, I'm... Uh, uh Steve that 4 he Roma was a horseman, wasn't he? Okay, still having a little bit of a problem yeah, with... No, there he is. Um, so, with that being said, Tony, um, what we were talking about here was uh, just the fact that uh, this team isn't perfect, and they're relying on a little bit of luck. Um, it is not a game that you're going to be saying that this is the game that you hang on the wall as being a signature game, but it was a win that they needed, not just because of the situation with the, uh the situation that's happening in the standing. It's they needed to have a win when things went wrong and things went even more wrong for the other team. And that's kind of what happened yesterday um, with you don't, you usually don't see teams against the Steelers go ahead and flub the, uh, an extra point. You don't see them go ahead and uh, miss a two-point conversion in that situation. You don't see them miss a field goal, especially with a Hall of Famer. So with that, Tony, what are you thinking as far as the Steelers? What is it about this team that has us still hopeful?
1: well I, I think that they're they're learning to rely on 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 the entire team all three phases not just Ben Roethlisberger and Bell, in- like they, they had for the few defenses becoming the better part they are the stronger part of the team i i think and in- and the- yesterday for for almost the entire game i mean the they had trouble moving the ball, but the but the defense kept kept uh, kept them in it and, and opportunities. Minka if Fitzpatrick did it all, did it all himself in that 96 yard turn for a touchdown. So uh, I think that's what it is. is it's it's a total team effort now. They're they're rallying around the fact that they that they've lost so much that they've lost their raising to die, they're refusing to let the, the 29th season go down the drain, like so many other teams.
0: Well, you know what? You know that's a good assessment. Um, you know, for me, Tony, um, I love the fact that the team's not perfect, but they're finding ways to win, finding ways to survive. But here's the question: Can that hold up? Can you? I mean, when is getting lucky not good enough?
1: Well, I, I don't think it, it, it. You have to. You have to eventually. Find a way to, to have a much more efficient offense, and I mean, we can talk about scheming all day long. I think we've been talking about that for weeks, but I think it comes down to the fact that these players are 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 either not as talented as the ones that were here before, or they're just uh, really inexperienced. They need time to gel as an offense to next year. So, is it sustainable? Uh, through eight games, it looks like it, it, it. They have the defense to keep them in just about every game. You know, if their offense doesn't become uh, more uh, efficient, then then I'm not sure much beyond uh, maybe a hopeful uh, wild card spot.
0: Tony Defio, is Mason Rudolph the next starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2020. In
1: 2020, oh no, I think coming back next
0: year. But is do you think that uh, okay? Let let's let me rephrase that. Is he the heir apparent to Ben Roethlisberger, or do they need to look elsewhere?
1: Well, I, I think the jury's still out on that. I I haven't seen enough of him yet for him to to say that he is in fact he's surely he's for sure the heir apparent, but. Uh, progressing, it's not as, quickly as I would like, or or the, or the rest of like out there. But you know, I mean, he's he's come in and 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 he's not been a disaster. And I think that's a good place. And uh, uh, you know, but I, I don't think it's, it's it's time to give up on him just yet.
0: In the pantheon of best starting quarterbacks in Pittsburgh Steeler history, we know who number one is. Um, We know who number two is. Some of you might flip flop Ben Roethlisberger and Terry Bradshaw. And we're not having that conversation right now. But where is Mason Rudolph is? I mean, if you ask me, number three, Um, this is not a popular opinion. I mean, I know I'm going to get roasted for this. Probably the third best. And when I talk history, let's talk modern era because I'm not talking Bobby Lane because I don't know Bobby Lane. Um, so let's talk 1969 and on and who we know as starting quarterbacks for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I would think number three would be Neil O'Donnell. Where would you think Mason Rudolph would stack up against Neil O'Donnell in Pittsburgh Steeler lore? And let's leave the uh, the his last game in Pittsburgh out of this.
1: Well, I mean, I think if he has that kind of, I think we we would all be a tough act to follow. Any quarterback of that stature, of that the kind of career that he's had and what he's given to this franchise, is going to be a tough act to follow. So if he can, and if, I've heard him compared to, Neil, you know, by a lot of people. So if he if then I'll. If you're asking, if you're asking me where where he stacks up with Neil O'Donnell, I, I, again, I think it's too early to say. If he, re- if he reaches that potential, then be, most people should be satisfied with that.
0: Yeah. Okay. You know that's uh, you know I I appreciate that. Um, I we have uh, Reginald R- Rivers, great commenter of the show. I mentioned that Cordell Stewart's number three. Um, we had someone uh, throw in, and we've had a few throw in on uh, Tommy Maddox. As well, um, you know, no one's thrown in Bubby and uh, pretty soon I'm going to put a Bubby poster. I have a Bubby, I actually have a Bubby poster. I think I'm going to put it behind the wall here. I think that would be good for uh, my new studio, what I call my studio <laughs> in my basement now. Um, but you know what, I mean, we we what we forget and the reason I brought that up, it was, it was all by design. And if you go ahead and, and think about the fact that he started what 5 NFL games now and that's all he started and we expect so much more out of a quarterback and and one of the reasons that we expect so much more um out of any quarterback that's going to come in is look what we've had the last 15 years since 2004 it's been Ben Roethlisberger. and uh now are we are we supposed to go ahead and just uh, give anybody time because of what we saw with Ben Roethlisberger and everybody's going to talk to you. Um, Lance and Jeff brought this up yesterday um, and and they brought it up uh, on the show that if you look back at Ben Roethlisberger 2004, he was a guy that was a, uh, he was more of a game manager. It took him a while to become Ben Roethlisberger. Um, if you look back, I was a big fan, um, back in 1991, 92, when we were starting to see, we were starting to see the emergence of Neil O'Donnell, his stat lines were a lot like, in fact, I think Mason Rudolph's stat lines were better. He was, uh, so much of a game manager and so much of, a. Uh, he barely cracked 200 yards back then, but they did have the running game to go with it, um, especially with uh, Barry Foster helping him out. Um, <laughs> some great names coming across. Um, Tom Selleck, uh, a.k.a. Mark Malone, Kent Graham. Um, we got a Charlie Batch si- uh, sighting. I love it. I uh, Gosh, I, I'm still waiting for a Scott Campbell. I haven't seen a Scott Campbell come in there as well, or a Dennis Dixon which I, I believe they, they both started games. Looks like we lost Tony again. Um, he, is, he usually does not have internet issues. I used to be the guy that had internet issues. Uh, so we'll go ahead and uh, but keep this party going. So the reason i bring that up is it took a long time from 1991 to 1994-95 for O'Donnell to really have the great stats as far as he did. And he had very good stats. Um, if you look at... As far as accuracy and as far as yardage, he is considered number three. Well, I mean, in stats, he's number three um all time in Pittsburgh. So that's just something to bring bring up. Um, if we go ahead and uh and look at something, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and bring bring up Wes's comment here. Wes' I would like to put an APB out on West because you're stealing my thunder because this is what I was going to talk about next um West says just an FYI for anyone who doesn't realize it we are seven in the playoff race in the AFC I believe the team we would need to beat out for the spot is the Indianapolis Colts so the title is the title of the show is what road do the what path do the Steelers need to go go down to make the playoffs first and foremost before anybody chimes in with this the Steelers have to win I mean they've got to win first and it's not a given that they're going to win but for this exercise we've got to look at the fact that yeah they've got to win and where uh if they take care of business what is going to go ahead and uh, no problem, Wes. You're fine. Don't you never have to say I'm sorry on on the show. Um, but what do they have to do to go ahead and make the playoffs? So look at it right now. After gosh, I was depressed last night watching watching a Baltimore and New England. And gosh, that was that was just an ugly game. And it, it, it's amazing how they can go ahead and just struggle against the Baltimore Ravens all the time. But here's the thing. John Harbaugh, you can hate the guy all you want. He is a fine football coach, and he's very good. He goes for the throat, and he he really – knew how to go ahead and match up against Bill Belichick and that team and confuse that team because everybody knows that if you harass Tom Brady and that's all they did was harass, harass, harass all night long, that they're going to be fine. And then you have the added wrinkle of a great defense in New England, but going ahead and not being able to go ahead and stop Lamar Jackson. So that's kind of depressing. Now, what I'm looking at, and we talked about it, I mean, there's still time. They can go ahead, they have a head-to-head against um the Ravens. The Ravens do not have the easiest schedule. They have the Texans coming up, they have the 49ers coming up, they have some teams, but right now they kind of looked unbeatable. And uh so, so what we do is we can go ahead and uh, we can go ahead and uh, kind of not lock them in. But we can go ahead and see. maybe there's a a better road to look at. And I'm going to go ahead and bring this up. And uh, the reason I'm going to bring this up is you're right. I do foreshadow a lot looking down the road. Um, The reason we don't spend more time talking about the next game is because that's what Thursday night's for with the Steeler preview with Jeff Hartman, Dave Schofield, and myself. So I don't want to steal my thunder from then. So what I'm doing? This is kind of a different show. We're we're all over the board, and I kind of proud of that. So I do appreciate that, and I have no problem calling me calling me out. I agree with you. We'll talk a little bit about the Rams, but not too much because that's that's my Thursday night delight. How about that? Um, but and without Thursday night, you'd never get the. Prediction of twenty six twenty four Steelers over Colts, like that happened on that very show. So that is a reason to tune in on on Tuesday night. Jav, man, you're not being critical at all. I love the fact that you chime in. That's what we do on this on this show. So thank you for bringing that up. But um, that's what we're going to go ahead and look at. And so, actually, what I'm going to do next, and I already had this planned, and I plan very little, as you know. But um, I actually have the schedules pulled up for the two most important teams to go ahead and look at, and it's the Indianapolis Colts and it's the Buffalo Bills. And so looking at, that's probably the best avenue right now with how well the Baltimore Ravens are playing. Now, I'm not saying that the the Ravens are just going to go ahead and keep going and uh, they're not going to win out. I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen. What I'm thinking, though, is that that's a pretty tough road because that's two and a half games. Because remember, you're two games behind in in the standings, and you have the fact that you already lost to them too. So you're losing that tiebreaker now. You could get that tiebreaker back, especially in Week 17. So that's something that you're going to have to look at. Um, Wes Wes brings up the fact that we're going to win in Buffalo if we can run the ball, and that offense is terrible. So let's take a look at Buffalo. That is a team that right now they're six and two. The Steelers are four and four. And that might be a pretty tough team to go ahead and beat. But think about this they do have the Patriots once again. They do have some other tough teams coming up. They have the Baltimore Ravens to go ahead and play. So there are some very tough games. And I will go ahead and, of course, I had it pulled up. And just like anything, I can't really find it now. So here it is. Let's look at the Bills going forward. Um, So it's 6-2 and right now. Next week, they have the Browns. And this exercise that we're going to do right now is um, we're going to go ahead and try to predict their schedule going through. Um, This is at Cleveland. So um, at Cleveland, that's tough. The Browns are playing terrible ball right now. That could be an upset, but I'm going to go ahead and call that a win for the Bills. So let's put them at seven and two. They play the Dolphins in Miami, eight and two. They play the Broncos. That's a weird game. So let's go ahead and give them a loss there, eight and three. On Thanksgiving, they play the Cowboys. Okay. So, It's always tough to play Dallas on Thanksgiving. Let's give them a loss there. Eight and four. The Ravens visit the Bills on 12-8. Right away, you could see them possibly being eight and six at that point. You could see them. Then they have the Patriots. Then they... So I'm thinking... Then they end with the Bills. uh, Excuse me, with the Jets. I'm thinking that this could possibly be a nine and seven team. So there you go right there. Now, let's look at the Indianapolis Colts, because that's a very interesting team as well. And when Wes brought up the fact that the Steelers were seventh, going into this game, they were ninth. But the four teams ahead of them were all in the AFC South. And you know they're going to go ahead and play each other Um a lot, and which happened this weekend, you had the uh, the Jags and Texans play each other. Um, kind of knocked the uh, the Jags down with the Steelers. Uh, the Steelers are now past them. Same with the Titans losing as well. So it should be very interesting. So the Colts, they are now. This was a five and two team. They're sitting at five and three. They're a game ahead of the Steelers, and. Uh, the funny thing about that is i think they are they are actually still considered the division winner right now um with the houston texans being the wild card team but the the texans are really on a roll right now and so you almost got to look at the fact that with the texans that you know that's a team that could probably uh probably win that division. They they have some interesting games coming up ahead as well. Um, But with the Dolphins, uh, excuse me, with the Colts going forward, they host the Dolphins next week. So we can go ahead. Let's give them a win at that, even though the Dolphins did win last week. But let's go ahead and uh, put them at six and three. They have the Jaguars again. They're going to host them. Let's give them the win there. Seven and three. The Texans. Now, of course, I mean, this is just me talking. I mean, I could be really wrong. Um, Look, I predict I got lucky on the score, and I'm just going to say that. But I usually get a lot of this stuff wrong. So, you know, Colts and Texans coming up um, on 11-21. Let's give them a loss there, 7-4. Titans come to town. We'll give them the win there, 8-4. The Buccaneers, they go to Tampa. Let's get crazy and give them a loss there. Then they play the Saints. Put them at eight and six. The Panthers nine and six. Then they end with the Jags. I would probably predict them at ten and six. So if Pittsburgh could go ahead and go six and two down the stretch, they're a ten and six team. They would go ahead and win the tiebreaker over them. Um, so there you go. That's just that's just my prediction. But looking forward for the Steelers, the Steelers have the Browns twice. That Thursday night game that's coming up, uh, what, 10 days from now. Um, in fact, they have uh, they have uh, two more games in the next 10 days with the Rams coming up this week. That's kind of your true test. So I said we'd talk about that game a little bit. Rams are on the road. The Rams are not the same team that they were last year. Todd Gurley's not the same guy. Um, and this is a much better Pittsburgh defense. But. I I see the Rams coming in a lot like this team in uh, Indianapolis. I In fact, I think they're very similar in a lot of ways. They do have a good offensive line. They have a very good defense. Um, now with adding Jalen Ramsey, that makes them uh, even tougher. Um, so, you know, with that, that's going to be a tough game. They win this game. I could actually say you go ahead and beat the Rams. Then I'll say, all right, I'm confident now because that really, that really puts you in a lot better spot as far as momentum goes. And uh snowman says right here, Aaron Donald is a problem. Yeah, he is amazing. And he knows how to play. It's not a, this is not a road game for Aaron Donald. He played a lot of games on this Hinesfield turf. Um, but hopefully you get James Conner back. Um, you, you just have a lot that I think this is going to be one of the games of the week. Um, I really, uh, I really think that this is going to be just something special. So I can't wait to see this. Plus, this was said yesterday on the uh, on the uh, post game show with Lance and, uh, and Jeff, and I found it very interesting and they made a comment like, Oh, Whoa, the Ravens are wearing all black. It's the Ed Reed ceremony, um, the hall of fame ceremony. So I've thinking about that. So what are the Steelers? The Steelers are wearing their 1979 throwbacks next week. So they're wearing the block numbers. You know, they're bringing guys in, um, to celebrate the 40th anniversary of that wonderful season, um, that place will be rocking. It's going to be a 425 game, probably a Tony Romo game, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't looked into it, but I would probably expect it to be a game like that. Um, this is going to be a heck of a matchup. Um, we just have to see. It. And it goes back to the fact how will Mason Rudolph stack up? And can he continue to progress? Or is the regression going to be way too much? Um, Jesse George says DeCastro and Pouncey will double Aaron Donald and he won't even get one sack. Gosh, Jesse, I I would love that. That would be great. Those guys, as far as, you know what? There's been a lot of things said about the uh, Steeler offensive line this year, regressing, not playing as well. I've said it too but i've never said it in the pass rush this is a very good pass rushing game um oh the game is on fox william kunerad tells me that so it would not be a uh a tony romo game but yes this is a uh this is a very fine um pass i mean team pass protecting um where they're having trouble is against the run. I think you get James Conner back. He does so much better against the run. So that's what I'm saying. As far as this game goes, like I said, I don't want to give up too much with this game because we'll do that more on the preview, but this is a, this is your pivotal contest. I probably, The Colts game was pivotal to get to this point. Now this is even more crucial. So this is huge. Jaron Dale says Watt and Dupree. And oh, yeah. How much are you loving right now, Bud Dupree? We know you're loving Watt. But now there's a big sentiment that let's bring him back. And I know someone's going to throw in $9 million is uh way too much for that player i don't think so for the production and for everything that he's been doing this year so i like i said i can't wait till this game um we did lose tony i have not uh seen him pop back up if he does pop back up we'll go ahead and grab him but so um let's go ahead and take some questions we'll throw out some questions there and uh see where it goes but before we do that, I'll just go ahead and mention that, you know, the title of the show was what path do they need to go down? Sure. And somebody brought it up earlier that you still got to go for the division title. And then trust me, they are not giving up. They're They're going for the division title. But the path for them is probably a whole lot easier going for a wild card at this point as well. So. There you go. Will we see more Wildcat versus the Rams? That's asked by Jaron Dale. You know what? I, I don't know. Um, we haven't seen a whole heck of a lot. Um, but, you know, that, that's something that uh, they might want to dust off again in certain spots, but not but not in crazy spots. Um, here's a question. This is uh, Javman. Javman. Why do you think our run game went dormant against Indianapolis? You know, I'm thinking two things. I did not I did not love the predictability of of the uh the play calling yesterday, run run pass, run run pass that we saw a lot of. But what I did notice was the fact that uh Samuels was so much more dangerous in a screen pass uh in a screen roll uh, and uh, James Conner is going to be so much more dangerous as a runner. Um, the timing is more there with Conner. I know, I know Samuels came in last year and ran pretty well. Edmonds ran very well yesterday too, but um, you got to think though, in his 70 some yards, one of them was a 45 yard run. So have to go ahead and take a look at that. Um, Thomas White. Let's go ahead and bring him up. What development does Mason Rudolph need to go through to be Ben Roethlisberger year two? Um, You know, what's funny about that is uh, Mason Rudolph is not Ben Roethlisberger. I don't know if he ever will be. But to make that kind of jump, he needs to keep on going through his progressions, keeping on this guy. No one works harder than this guy. We'll tell you that that's, that's what uh, the team has said a whole heck of a lot of. Um, so no one really does. No one's going to outwork him and he's going to continue to work. Um, so he needs to just keep going through getting better. He might never be Ben Roethlisberger and that's okay, but he could be a very solid quarterback and that's uh that's what you're looking out from from this guy. Um Darren Dalton, um unsatisfying win versus the Colts. We gotta win by outplaying teams, not by luck. Yeah, I mean it's the that, that's that's a thing. Um and they're they're not getting any luck whatsoever. Uh, I mean Excuse me, let me rephrase that. They're getting a lot of luck right now. You cannot, you cannot expect that to keep happening over and over and over again. Um, so we're hoping that they can keep going with it. Um, let's see, if Mike Scott brings up the fact, if a tree falls in the wood, d- woods, does it make a sound? Yes, it does. Because if you have supersonic hearing... Then you're going to go ahead and hear it, Wes. Is there any sort of explanation you could provide for Burns playing on the field, albeit only one play instead of Sutton? Um, you know what? I, it's the kind of his uh, reserve spot and where he's practicing, and he is the next man up. They're using Sutton more in that nickel role as well. Um, let's see why on earth can't we involve the tight end of the game plan outside of the Vance TD? I would love to see more of that jab, man. Um, Cause think of it. We've got Vance McDonald. We've got Nick Finette. So we've got two Vanimals out there and, and they're talented. So let's go ahead and use them more. Um, is there any point to challenge pass interference at, at this point? Jaron Dale says, gosh, Jaron, this that is a great question, and I'm going to tell you this: There's no reason to at this point. They're not going after yesterday. That was the craziest pass interference call I've seen. Not probably not the worst, but it, it ranks up there. That was so uncatchable. And if they could not see that in New York, I don't know what the what they're looking at at this point. They don't want to go ahead. They they don't want to overturn it because it's the it's almost like hey, we gotta protect our, our guys here and we can't we just aren't gonna call them. So let's see how we're doing with Tony. How are you? How are you, buddy?
1: Uh I'm incredibly frustrated right now and I want to throw a red challenge flag like Mike Thomas did yesterday out, out of anger. <laughs> I do. I do did somebody push off because I want I want to throw a flag. I don't care if it gets overturned or not.
0: Well, here here you go, Tony. Here's the thing though you've come back and you're a lot quicker so it seems like you've got things resolved so hey i uh, throughout the summer my i had so much problems with it um steeler's fan frenzy with flip say that five times fast mm-hmm. have we won games because of rudy have we won games in spite of rudy tony god grab that i think we've won some because of him and i think i think some he was just there
1: yeah, but I mean I think I think what you want from him is at this point in his career you don't want him to be an epic failure as a as a quarterback and he hasn't been that. He's been a game manager and you know hopefully from here we can we can see improvement from him. Have they won some games because of him? Uh I think you could you could maybe point to the to the Bengals game for sure. I think he looked really good in that game and and I think he looked um he looked decent last week against the he was more aggressive Yesterday, it was more of a case of him just being there. But I think you could say the same thing about the receivers, the running backs, the offensive line. It wasn't a great performance by the offense yesterday.
0: No, it it wasn't, but uh, they still found a way to do it. Um, Guyro, I I love this question. In fact, I was just looking up their schedule, and uh, our producer back at the home office, uh, Dave, brought it up for us. I appreciate that. Do you think the Steelers can – still win the division if they win the rest of their games and baltimore loses one before week 17 and if the steelers beat the ravens then they can sneak in you know we did this exercise and we're not going to do it again but just giving you the schedule ravens at Bengals, texans at ravens Um, they travel on a monday night at the end of november to go ahead and play the rams they have the 49ers coming to town they play the bills they have the jets and uh, remember, Le'Veon Bell loves to run against the uh, Ravens. Um, they have the Browns, and they uh, at Cleveland, and then they end in Pittsburgh. Um, not a lot of losses I see in there, but it's possible. I mean, just like it was was uh, was put out there. You know, I mean, yeah. If the if the Ravens went out and just lose one game, and it's possible. I mean, I don't expect them to go ahead through, but um, and win them all. But yeah, I I think the Steelers. I don't expect the Steelers to win out though either. I don't think they're a win out team. Um, but I I think six and two could happen. I I,
1: I think they can they can uh, definitely stay in the mix for a wild card at the very least you're only a game back now they're at a number uh seven seed in the afc and who would have thought that a month ago so i mean they've already dug themselves out of a pretty big hole so you know i think we, we you know uh can they win a division you know a, a lot's gonna have to happen i mean i, I didn't think that that the, the ravens would win these last two games and, and they not only won them but they look dominant you know they, they look like a really a strong afc contender so uh you know, you talk about the Texans and the Rams and teams and 49ers. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they perform well against. They have they have it going on right now. They have a great formula. You know, they they're, they're great on they're efficient on offense. They're, they're opportunistic on defense, and they're always great on special teams. So it's going to be tough. But I, I'm just excited for the fact that that the Steelers have dug themselves out of this hole, and that we can start talking about these things realistically, like division titles and 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 wild card spots.
0: Piggybacking off of the challenge question, ask Wes, do you think that the PI reviews are being handled the way they are on purpose to get rid of the ability to review them altogether? Yes, I actually do, Tony.
1: Yeah. Like I wrote about, it, I, th- I think they're, they're so afraid of, of undermining the judgment of the officials. And and I think this was, this was a, uh, a way to, to, um, to appease the, the, the Saints fans and, and and some other fans that wanted this, uh this, this, this implemented in the offseason, but I think they're, you know, they're, they're kind of arrogant and saying, well, look, you're not going to question our judgment. Sorry, but our judgment is, is, is above reproach. And we're just going to keep, we're going to keep uh, upholding these calls on the field until you decide to take this role away. That's what I think is going on.
0: Well, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And you know what? You, you just, I mean, it's obvious. I don't know. Who is going to go ahead and turn those around? And I love when you go ahead and bring the uh, bring the former official, the former director of officiating in, and they're like, oh, yeah, they should overturn this. This Yeah, and then next thing you know, boom, they don't. And they're like, ah, I don't get it either. So it, it's crazy. Jared Dale asked, are we lining up Juju in the wrong wide receiver position? <sighs> I don't think so. I think uh, Juju is going to go ahead and get attention right now for being Juju. Um, yesterday was one of his weakest outputs, but, uh, y- you know, I, I just think and somebody mentioned it on the live live chat earlier that if our hall of fame quarterbacks there, you see a completely different juju right now. There's, uh, there's a lot of things going on there because you could double him a whole lot more. Um, I still think he's a wide receiver number one, but, um, there's a lot of things going Against him at this point, Tony.
1: Yeah, but I think you know. Last week they, they did move him to the slot, and he and he did uh, have a he did he did have a really good game. I think you know people forget that that Hines War was the number one you know as far as production, but he, he played a lot in the slot, Same with Antonio Brown. He was he played a lot in the slot despite being their best receiver. So I think it's up to the coaches right now to try to get him in the best position to to, to be the guy. And if that's in the slot, then that's where he has to be. But at the same time, you know, you need. James Washington and, and, and Deontay Johnson to keep evolving. And, and I, I like what Washington did yesterday, but, but, uh, I think I, I, if I'm if I'm the coaches, I think you, you try more of juju in the slot, uh, starting next week. That's, that's just my, my opinion.
0: Um, can 10 and six get us in the playoffs? Um, as we looked earlier with the Colts and with the, uh, not the Texans, but um, who else were the bills? Yeah. 10 and six could definitely get you in, especially if you beat the bills head to head you're looking at right now beating the uh, the Colts head to head. You've already done it. So yeah, I, I think that's a possibility. Um, I think nine and seven could get you in maybe a six seed if you're lucky. But uh, teams are going to go down, and we talked about those schedules. So, yes, Thomas White throws in $5 in the tip jar, and we really appreciate this. Um, 66% for Mason Rudolph in 2019, 1,088 yards, 217 yards per game, 10 TDs, 4 interceptions. Ben Roethlisberger, 2005, 63%. Um, two thousand three hundred eighty-five yards, hundred and fifty a game, seventeen TDs, nine interceptions. Mason is already better, and if that is correct, that two thousand five is his second year. So, um, there was a question earlier: is how could, um, Mason make that jump from year one to year two? And If that's Ben's year two, then that's pretty solid. But if that's his 2004 numbers, pretty much the same. He should probably eclipse those numbers um, with probably not as many. Um, Hey, Brian and Tony, not as many games, excuse me. Hey, Brian and Tony, what do we have to do on defense to cover a good tight end? You know, I I thought they covered uh, Jack Doyle pretty well yesterday. Um, Now, Like I said, Mink Fitzpatrick was not perfect. Um, As much love as he's getting for that uh, 96-yard game-saving play, that's really what it was. Um, You know, he wasn't perfect. But they're covering the tight end a whole heck of a lot better as of late. Um, I'd like to see them right now up against Travis Kelsey, up against Zach Ertz, which we won't won't see that unless – Unless something happens in the postseason with uh, either one of those guys, um, let's go ahead and uh, do. We need another proven running back if there is one available for depth. Yeah, gosh, I I don't know, Tony. Um, what do you think? Because I liked Edmonds yesterday in that role, and you definitely like what uh, a guy like Samuels and Benny Snell's going to go ahead and do as far as uh, catching the ball. So. What do you think?
1: I just, I mean, you, some of the names out there you, you always hear about guys like C.J. Anderson, and he came. I guess he was signed by the Rams last year and, and had a good, uh, a good finish to the season. He helped them out a lot. But is a guy like that going to want to come in here and be a number four? You know, on the depth chart, I don't think so. So I just, they just need to get, uh if they can get Connor healthy sooner rather than later, then you have a pretty good. They have a pretty good stable of backs with, uh, you know, with Benny Snell if he gets healthy and comes back soon. So you have you, you you're, you're four deep right now. Do they, do they do they need to sign another one? I don't think so. I don't think they need to sign another one. They just need to get Connor healthy.
0: Um, <laughs> Panthers signed Dante Moncrief. Uh, Mike Scott sends that one in. Yeah, you know what? Here's the best part about it with uh, Dante Moncrief. You don't have to pay him for the rest of the year. He was your highest-priced wide receiver. Um, you do get that third-round pick back. I know uh, it has been said that the Steelers did him dirty. I don't think well. Uh, I really don't think they have. He had five drops, four catches, 18 yards, uh, and that was the entire season. We talk about the horrible game that Juju had yesterday. Juju had 16 yards. <laughs> so And, that, and there's...
1: Well and there's there there's there's your problem with, with the receivers. I mean we talked a lot off season. We were pretty optimistic about Dante Moncrief coming in and being a really valuable veteran and helping Juju out and helping the receiving core out. And he was an abject failure. So, you know, I mean they had no choice but to to cut him and get the number in the third round pick. And I'm glad the Panthers are paying him.
0: Yeah, that too. Now, Uh Darren, try saying toy boat three times fast for Two bucks. I'll say it six times. Toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy, boat, toy boat. Actually, that's a lot harder than you would think.
1: Toy boat. I don't even want to try it. Uh, toy boat,
0: toy boat, toy, toy boy. boat, toy boat. Yeah, I did it twice. <laughs> that's fun. Uh, so we'll go ahead and take about five more questions before we wrap everything up. So let's see what we have going on here. Uh, Jesse George says we need a sixth wide receiver. Um,
1: can, I, can you know, I think go ahead, jump in. I think I think they need a fourth and a fifth. I really do. They're only three deep. Switzer and Holtner are, are giving you nothing.
0: yeah, I, it, they they have three wide receivers right now, so um, they definitely need to be doing something there. Um, I would probably think that they will. Um, address it next year, but right now you're—I uh, don't think you're seeing it at this point. Snowman, can we ever stop the run? Um, that makes me think of Creedence Clearwater Revival. Um, <laughs> can you ever stop the run? There you go. <laughs> uh, I want to know. Can we ever stop? the run okay snowman for asking that question you have to listen to me sing so um, yeah you know what they've done it they They did a good job yesterday and and guess what you know i'm bragging about my uh my 26 to 24 prediction i made another prediction this week that they would hold marlon mack to 90 yards rushing they held him to 89 so i missed by one but they, uh, Marlon Mack is one of the best running backs in the game right now. Um, look what they did against the Ravens. I mean, they gave up a lot of rushing yards, but that was their lowest output on the ground on the season, I believe. Um, Javman says, Tomlin mentioned wanting to start faster in his press conference again. Isn't that on him? I thought they were starting out fast. Um, I really thought they did. They They came out quick. Uh, they were moving the ball with those passes. Uh, you know, the running game really wasn't moving, but that uh, 17 yarder to uh, Jalen Samuels, um, those passes out over the middle. Um, then that pass, that third down pass to uh, uh Juju Smith Schuster that was an interception. I uh, that wasn't in the cards because Juju really should have had that ball. Yeah. So I uh, I don't know
1: well, I mean, they're they're missing so much on offense. it's it's, it's going to be kind of hard for them to start off fast, week in and week out. So I mean, you know, uh, you could you can you could say you want to start fast, but I mean, you have an ex- inexperienced quarterback and you have some inexperienced receivers and
0: running backs. so it's going to be it's going to be hard to start fast, but the design was good on that first drive. I'm complaining yeah. about, The design down the line especially late in the game i hated Mm. i i didn't love the game plan yesterday but to start off it wasn't bad thomas white what a great question how much does bud earn in 2020 10 to 12 million a year gosh i don't know man um probably yeah it might be north of there too he's having a very good season someone is going to throw money at him I don't know if it's going to be in Pittsburgh. In fact, I, uh, I don't think he's, I don't think no matter what season he has, that he'll be a Steeler next year. And the reason I, I don't think that I think they should resign him. I think they should find the money for this guy because he's really got it together. But the bottom line to the whole thing, Tony is, you know, if he has a horrible year, he's gone. Um, because they didn't offer him the extension. If, uh, if he has a fantastic year, they're going to, I mean, that's an edge rusher that, uh, that has the stats to go with it. So, I mean, and really he, he's not Jarvis Jones either. Yeah, he's, he's had a lot more sacks than Jarvis Jones and he's really getting it together. So, I mean, you can't put Bud and Jarvis in the, uh, in the same category. Um, you know, I don't think Bud's a stealer next year. I hope he's a stealer next year. And, uh, some people are saying he makes about 15 million. I, I, I would probably put it around 12 to, and Jesse George says 13 would be his ceiling. So it's probably and you, around there, but it's going to be tough.
1: And if you pay him that much, I mean, you, you're going to have to pay TJ Watt too. He's yeah, there you go. TJ Watt he's going to be in his fourth year. He's going to, he's going to be, uh, prime for an extension next year. So how much do you pay TJ? Watt? <laughs> he, he, he's your best defender right now. So w- what do you do with him? If you're going to pay uh, bud 12, $15 million, are they going to be willing to pay two of those guys that kind of money?
0: I, I don't know. Probably uh, to answer this question that's up here. Um, should TJ Watt be defensive player of the year? I would probably say <sighs> top five, probably not getting it. I mean, I think Nick Bosa might even, even though he's a rookie, I think he might be getting some looks for DPOY. Um, TJ Watt is uh, playing at an all-pro level. I'm not just saying pro Bowl, all-pro level. He is the Steelers MVP this year. I will probably tell you that right now, that he'll go ahead and win that award. Um, So with that being said, Tony, let's go ahead and wrap this puppy up. Um, It was not a great win. It was not a pretty win. It was kind of like my prom date in 1988, and if you're listening, I apologize, but uh, at least I got to dance, right? Not pretty, but I got to dance. So uh, there you go. Tony, final thoughts?
1: Well, I mean, it wasn't that long ago we were talking about this team being a six-win, having a six-win season, and now we're talking about can they win a division, And and it's like a realistic goal, and it's definitely a realistic goal for them to stay in the playoff race, so... I mean, I, I I love love the resiliency of this team. It's, they're playing like a team, and I can't wait
0: for the Rams game. I, I can't wait either. And a question was asked earlier, um, who's going to be there? Um, I know Dave Schofield is looking at, at being up that way. Um, but I want you to start thinking about December 15th, my friends, because December 15th, uh, a few of us from BTSC, Dave, myself, um, Tony might show up. No, I'll be in. And uh, we're we're looking for uh, places to hang out. So uh, the Bills game is the game that will be there. We might be floating around, uh, you know, glad-handing and begging for food at your tailgate. So that's the thing. But as Thomas White says, click the like. Look, I do appreciate and thank you for anybody that put money in on the tip jar. That helps us go a long way. But like Jeff Hartman always says, if you want to show appreciation to us, Just subscribe, we're close to 5,000 subscribers. That's the best appreciation we can get. That's bragging rights, and that keeps us going just as well. So, I say this every week, Tony, but I can't do this show, you can't do this show without you guys. And we love our Steeler, our BTSC family here. You guys are the best, and uh. I cherish you guys. And NAP 1963 is having us at his tailgate. And uh, NAP's a Johnstown boy like me, so uh, I'll be wearing my Richland red and blue. How about that? Uh, well, I can't because it's Buffalo's colors. <laughs> so uh, let's just let's just say a let's go Rams, not the Los Angeles Rams, though. Richland Rams. I'm getting ahead of myself, so I'll just shut up. But with that being said, yeah, we want to hang out with all of you. We're going to figure out a game plan. Hey, start thinking. Start thinking of uh, ways to show up and show our BTSC pride. We'll see you then. Uh, <laughs> for Tony Defeo, for Dave Schofield back at home, helping us out with uh, putting up everything up on the screen, producing. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. We love you. And my friends, once again, you just got hung over. Good night.